0: Welcome to Destiny Moments with Angel Murchison. Today on the broadcast, I have part two of a special message from Nathan Pimentel from Household of Faith Ministries of Bangor, Maine, entitled, Keys to the Kingdom.
1: And so the truth is a lot of people have made a lot of ignorant statements and they've acted and they've said things that make the devil look like he has the power and that his work is irreversible. But my friend, there was only one man that reversed something. And the Bible says that his name was Jesus Christ. And that he has reversed our previous condition. And we're no longer sinners, but we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Paul said that we have been redeemed from the curse of the law. And that not we have been redeemed from Part of the curse, but we've been redeemed from the entire curse of the law. Instead of the curse of poverty over our lives, the Bible says that we have come into a covenant with God and as children of God, we have the power to create wealth. Instead of the curse of sickness by the 39 stripes that Jesus received, says we don't have to be sick anymore, but we can be healed according to the word of God. Instead of receiving what we really deserved as as a people, Jesus said, For God so loved the world that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Can somebody say, Amen? amen. See, we've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness And we've come into the kingdom of God's marvelous son And in God's kingdom We don't see sin, we don't see sickness We don't see disease, we don't see poverty And so if we don't see it over there in that kingdom Then I refuse to see it here in my life I had somebody, you know, older in years tell me Up in Massachusetts, it's very Everything has to be very intellectual They have to figure God out Figure why he did things this way. Well, stop trying to figure God out. Just like God be God, he's been God since the, be, uh, since the very beginning all by himself, and he's done a pretty good, good job at that. Can you agree with me? Amen. And I hear people say all to me all the time, well, preacher, what do you mean you don't, if you don't see it there, you don't expect to see it here in this kingdom? They say, so that's just irrational thinking. You live here in this world, and because of the fall, sin and the curse crept in. And I understand that. I went to Bible college for four years where they talked, all they talked about was the curse and all they talked about was sin. But what I've come to remind you is that even though you may be in this world, you are not of this world. Bible says that you belong to a different kingdom. Philippians says a kingdom where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and in that kingdom we don't operate like those who are of this earthly kingdom and if we don't operate like those who are of this earthly kingdom then we shouldn't expect to go through what everyone else goes through because the Bible says that we have been bought with a high price that has nothing to do with the blood of bulls and goats but the Bible says that we're privileged to testify about something that even the angels can't ever sing about and the Bible says that we have been redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ and if you're thankful for that go ahead and clap your hands i've been redeemed i'm no longer the same if any man be in christ jesus he is a new creation i like how the amplified says that the fresh and the new have come but what happens is religion tells you well the more spiritual you get the more you have to struggle and suffer in this life i remember growing up we would sing that song the god of the mountain is the god of the valley and the truth is this god will be god wherever you are in life But people take that song, Growing when I was growing up, and even now when I go back into those areas, they take that song and they they take it to mean, well, you got to expect to go through the valleys of life. But as a servant of God, I've come to West Virginia to let you know this morning that you don't have to go through the valleys of life. But as a child of God, you can live a life from mountaintop experience to mountaintop experience. Because the Bible says he will take you from victory to victory. from grace to grace and from faith to faith can somebody say amen in the book of Ephesians the Bible tells us that God has put all things under the authority of Christ and made him head over all things for our benefit, why? because every obstacle that Jesus overcame every devil that Jesus defeated and every victory that Jesus saw is now now becomes the obstacle that you're going to overcome or you have conquered the devil that you have defeated and the victory that you now walk in because Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. Right. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In another portion of scripture, he said, Christ, the hope of glory in me. And that I'm a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ here on the earth. So when the devil looks at you, he's not just looking at Tom and Billy and Susie. But when he looks at you, he begins to worry and he begins to fear. Why? Because he's looking at a replica. A replica of the Christ that lives on the inside of you. And right now you have in your possession the keys of the kingdom to shut down and stop every work of the enemy in your life. See, the Bible says that we're hidden with Christ in God. And I remember growing up, even when I was in Bible college, people would always say, like, you know, what does that mean, hidden with with Christ in God? And so you see this little yellow post-it that I have here? If I were to put it in my Bible, and I put it in a box, and I mailed it to Germany, not only would the Bible be in Germany, but what else would be in Germany? The post-it. If I took this very same Bible... And threw it into the river with the post it in it. Not only would the Bible get wet, but what else would get wet? The post it. Why? Because the experience of the Bible has now become the experience of the postcard. But because the post it is in the Bible. And the Bible says that we are hidden with God in Christ Jesus, meaning that His experience now becomes our experience the bible says that jesus is seated at the right hand of the father and because he's seated at the right hand of the father the word of god says that we are seated in heavenly places in christ jesus the bible says that jesus conquered death hell and the grave and that he rose up victoriously and because he conquered death hell and the grave the bible says that we are more than conquerors through christ jesus who now live and walk in victory in the world right now. And so the Bible teaches us that God has done everything that He is going to do. And today He's telling you, use the keys of the kingdom. And when you use the keys of the kingdom, I will make sure that I, along with all of heaven, will back you up and I will take you from one victory to another victory. Now, I didn't grow up with the greatest education. I'm not the... The brightest person out there. But I do know one thing. The keys are made to do something specifically. They're either made to lock things up. Or they're made to unlock some things, correct? And so right now in our lives as believers, God has given us some things. That will unlock the powers of heaven over our life. And will shut down the work of the enemy in our lives. And one of the very first things, I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with this. One of the very first things that God has given us, number one, in our lives Is the power of our confession In Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21 The Bible says, death and life is in the power of the tongue And those who love to talk will eat its fruit Let me give you a word of advice this morning Watch your words very carefully Because by your words, the Bible says you will either activate the power of heaven on your behalf Or you will activate the power of hell for your destruction. One of the smallest muscles that we have in our body but yet it has so much power that it could determine the course of our life in ministry is our tongue. And what we as believers ought to be doing is we need to allow our tongue to be filled with God's word and allow our tongue to repeat what God's word says. A lot of people will live defeated in life because they view themselves defeated in life. The 10 spies that entered the land, God told Moses, he said, send these 12 spies into the land of Canaan, the land that I am giving them. Now God stated right from the beginning, I am giving them this land. But when the 12 spies went in to scout out the land, 10 of them came back with a negative report. They said, there is absolutely no way that we will be able to walk into that land and take possession of it because their city is fortified and they've got giants roaming around in the land. They were not defeated because God caused them to be defeated. They were defeated because they viewed themselves right from the beginning that they were defeated people. They weren't defeated because God allowed it. They allowed defeat to come into their lives. And so I said all that to say this, that we need to get the right picture of who we are in Christ Jesus and begin to speak that in our lives. I remember one time when I was in Bible college, there was a gentleman who got up in the middle of class and he had tears coming down his eyes and he thought he was sounding humble but he was sounding ignorant because he wasn't realizing that his confession was completely against the word of God. He said, when I stand before God and come to him in prayer I'm nothing but filth and I'm I'm worthless before God. But my friend, the Bible doesn't say that you're filth, that you're dirt and that you're worthless. Everybody in the class lifted a hand when he began speaking to Well, praise the Lord for making me filth. Praise the Lord for for making me worthless. But my friend, when God made you, He didn't make any filth. He didn't make any dirt. But I've come to tell you that you are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. If you stood on your own righteousness, then you would be as filthy rags. But the good news of the gospel is this. I don't stand on my righteousness. I stand on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Can somebody say say amen. And when God looks at me it says as if he's looking at the Son of God himself. God says that you are sons and daughters of the Most High God. That you are the apple of his eye. Bible says that you are a chosen people with royalty flowing through your veins. Some lady came up to me after service one time. You ain't a king. Where's your robe? Where's your crown? And where's your throne? No, no, no. See, what makes me a king is not the crown. It's not the robe. And it's not the throne. What makes me a king is as I walk with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the Bible says that I am a king's child. Can somebody say Amen? amen. Bible says that I'm an heir of God. A joint heir. With Christ Jesus, and that the blessings of Abraham are evidenced in my life. But your confession is either going to propel you or hold you back. See, when you look into a natural mirror, when you look into a natural mirror, ladies, you can agree with this. If that natural mirror tells you, "Hey, you need to put on some more cover up, or you need to put a your lipstick needs to be a little bit darker," you're going to trust the reflection in that mirror. And you're probably gonna put some more cover up and you're probably gonna make you're gonna make your lips a little bit darker with that shade of red. So it is with the word of God. James chapter one likens the word of God as to a natural mirror. But when you look at the Word of God, you're not looking at a reflection of your natural self. You're looking at a reflection of who the real you is, your spirit man. And so when you look at God's Word and you see the reflection that you read in God's Word, the Bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Bible says that you're the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. You're blessed going in and blessed coming out. You're blessed in the city and you're blessed in the country. Can somebody say amen? See, when I look into that mirror, I'm not moved by what? What I hear i 'm not moved by what I see this economy doesn 't move me. I move by faith, why? because the Bible says God is moved by faith, and the just shall live by faith. Yes. see, faith believes God, fear believes the devil, living by faith means getting the language of the devil out of your mouth and speaking the language of God, speaking the language of God. God's language doesn't speak defeat, sin, and sickness. But God's language calls those things that be not as though they were. Living by faith causes me to see what the eyes of faith... And what I see with the eyes of faith, it causes me to speak the word of faith until that very thing that I've been declaring begins to manifest in my life. You see, when Jesus spoke to the fig tree, it didn't wither away, the Bible says, until three days later. And a lot of people think that the life of the tree is in the leaves. Well, probably not you here in West Virginia, but probably a lot of Portuguese people think that the life of the trees is in the leaves. But the life of the tree is not in the leaves, the life of the tree is in the roots. So when Jesus spoke, the roots had died at his command. Even though on the outside everything looked healthy at that moment. But it was only a matter of time of what happened inwardly begin to manifest outwardly. And my friend, as you continue to speak the word of faith over your life regardless of what you may see in the natural, I've come to tell you this morning, it's only a matter of time before some flesh is wrapped around that word that you have spoken. And before you know it, you'll be able to point at it with your natural finger. You'll be able to look at it with your natural eye and you begin to declare before a watching world, look what the Lord has done in my life. See, the Bible says, speak to the mountain, and it has no other option but to be lifted up and be removed. I've made up my mind a long time ago. I can't stay depressed. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. I can't stay broke. Why? Because God has given me the power to create wealth. I can't, I, I can't be stressed out anymore. Why? Because I've got the peace of God that passes all understanding deep down in my soul. See, a couple of days ago, I told Pastor Tim this, but a few days ago, before I was getting Ready to come here the Lord's getting ready to launch us out To do something great in Massachusetts I heard somebody say that there isn't one preacher In the state of Massachusetts locally uh, You know, preaching on cable So I made up my mind I'm going to do everything that I can Through the power of the Holy Ghost To make sure that we have the gospel Going through the cable in Massachusetts But as I began thinking like that The enemy, the devil come, Comes to my mind with his little chatterbox And uh, you'll never have enough you'll never be able to do that. You're never going to accomplish it. He goes, you're, you're, you don't have the finances. It's never going to come in. And so I told that foul devil, I got up out of my office in my house. I walked into the living room and I told my wife, I said, go get a checkbook. And she said, why? I said, where is it? She's like, it's upstairs. I walked upstairs, grabbed a checkbook, walked into the living room. And I told my wife, I said, the devil said that we will never have enough in this life. So I'm going to shut him up and I'm going to sow a seed, a significant seed into a ministry. And whenever he tells, me that I will never have enough. I'm gonna keep on sowing and sow him that he's not in charge of my life, but God is my source. Can somebody say amen? See, I choose to believe the report of the Lord, and the report of the Lord always shouts victory and never shouts defeat. My mom, five years ago, was diagnosed with cancer. My father calling me up, leaving Bangor, Maine, going to Massachusetts. My father calling me up on the phone, crying on the phone. Never heard my father cry until we got married and all his sons left the house. He got a little bit more sensitive after we left the house. But got on the phone and started crying and said, your mother needs prayer. What do you mean she needs prayer? She just got diagnosed with cancer. Everybody is telling her that she needs to go. She needs to go to New York or to Boston, Massachusetts or wherever and go look at the best doctor in the world because that's where you know she needs to go get a second opinion and uh, the greatest doctors in the world are located in Boston and in New York That that's where she needs to go and get her second opinion. As said mom doesn't need a second opinion. All she needs is just one touch from the hand of God and just one touch from the hand of God will eradicate that foul spirit out of her body and so I remember you know I, I cried a little bit because it was my mother and you only have one mother but I had to quickly overcome that and let that foul spirit know that he wasn't in charge and people said Maria, you need you know Maria, Portugal. Every Portuguese lady, her name is Maria. Maria, you need a, you need to go to the hospital. You need to go to Boston. You need you need to go to New York. That's where the greatest doctors in the world. Are. And I got to my mother's house. I said, "The greatest doctor in the world is not in Boston or in New York, but the Bible says he's seated at the right hand of the Father, and his name is Doctor Jesus." And so I walked into that. Ho- I walked into my mother's house in the living room. You don't have to be in church in the sanctuary. I walked into her house laid hands on my mother and I said in the name of Jesus I command this foul spirit of cancer to be gone out of your body and my friend I stand here to testify to you that five years later my mom is cancer free and my mom is alive to the glory of God the father can somebody say amen when the devil says you can't do it it'll never happen God says I've already accomplished it now just receive it so your confession your faith bible says god has given to every man the measure of faith and that measure of faith is built by the word of god faith comes by hearing and hearing what by the word of god that word hearing or that phrase hearing and by hearing denotes a continual hearing of god's word you need to make sure that you're listening and reading more of god's word and listening to more of god's anointed men preach his word than you are throughout the week watching Dr. Oz or the doctors. Because if all you do is concentrate on Dr. Oz or the Doctors, then you're gonna be on the devil's frequency of fear instead of on God's frequency of faith. Because you see, on the frequency of fear, what happens? Dr. Oz begins to mention a symptom in the body and all of a sudden you decide to go to the internet and self-diagnose yourself. That's what fear does. Makes you go to the internet and spend hours and hours and hours trying to self-diagnose yourself. But when you operate on the frequency of faith, you declare no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. On the frequency of faith, your mind has been programmed with the word of God. You've renewed your mind with God's word and instead of investigating, the situation by faith you will bring the desired outcome into your life because the Bible says now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen your faith will trigger the faithfulness of God over your life the woman with the issue of blood it wasn't her need that triggered the healing power of God. But it was her faith. If her need is what triggered the healing power of God. She would have been healed 12 years before that. Because 12 years before that day. She already came into a need but the bible says that she said to herself if i may but touch the hem of his garment i will be whole." she had a confession that came out of her mouth and then her faith her action got behind that confession and she fought through the pushing crowd the bible says she fought through the negative words why because she was determined that if she touched the hem of his garment regardless of what anyone would do or say to her her. She was determined and convinced that she would be made whole. She knew this woman according to that time she was an outcast. She was unclean and she knew that if she came into the public's contact that she could die by stoning but that wasn't stopping her. She was determined. She said if I just touch the hem of his garment I shall be whole and at that very moment when she touched the hem of the Lord's garment the Bible says Jesus felt healing virtue flow out of him he turned around and he said who touched me and here the disciples saying Jesus master you see the crowd around you and you say who touched you and they responded back to Jesus and said nobody touched you but Jesus said no somebody has touched me for I felt healing power coming out of me see this lady to everybody else She was a nobody. But to Jesus, she became a somebody. My friend, I want you to know today, you're a somebody to Jesus. He sees you late at night. He sees your situation. He knows all about you. You're a somebody to Him. A lot of people think of themselves as nobodies before God. Why? Because all their life, they've always heard you're never going to amount to anything great. You'll never have anything good to offer anybody. I've had people that have told me, like, my parents have told me that I'm a mistake, that I was an accident. My parents have told me that the only reason that I came into existence was they had one six-pack too many and bam, nine months later, there I was. They've told me, I wish that you've never come into my life, come into this family. You're annoying. You're a nuisance. You're nothing but trouble. Kids have heard all their lives that they, will, that they have always been nobodies. But I've come to contradict the voices in your head this morning. And I've come to tell you that you are a somebody in the eyes of God. That he's got a plan and a purpose for your life a future and a hope to give you can somebody say amen
0: i want to personally thank you for listening to our message today our desire is that through this message your faith is strengthened and grounded firmly in god's word but most importantly that your life is right with god you see the bible says in romans chapter 10 verses 13 that everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved so i'd like to ask you a personal question today do you recall a time in your life when you receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, if you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity to do so. Would you pray with me and repeat this prayer after me? Say, Heavenly Father, I repent of my sins, and I ask you today to forgive me for every sin I have committed, whether knowingly or unknowingly. I believe That Jesus is the Son of God, who died and rose from the dead to clear me of all my sins. Today, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. My friend, if you have just prayed that prayer with me today, the Bible says, With the heart man believes, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation today the bible says that you have become a new person the old has gone and all things have become new today you have inherited a new family today you belong to the family of god and i would love to hear about your decision i would love for you to contact us here at the ministry we would love to pray with you and encourage you in your new journey in christ jesus god bless you and hope to hear from you soon